The rise of social media and technology has brought with it both blessings and curses, and in my opinion, is the single greatest reason for the increase in mental illnesses. While social media and technology can be great tools for staying connected with friends, family, and unknown strangers from around the world, it has also been a tool used to destroy millions, if not billions, of lives. So like I mentioned back in episode 56, our technology has evolved far faster than we as humans can adapt to it. It has given our finite mortal selves the illusion that immortality is possible. It has put omniscience and omnipotence within our grasp, and it has allowed us to create our own mini towers of Babel as we pursue to make our name great as we ascend up to godlike status from our worshippers. Now, I'm not anti-technology or social media, but we need to realize one important thing. That technology is not inherently evil, but it is inherently dangerous. So think of it like fire. Fire is good. Without fire, humans wouldn't have existed as long as we have. However, fire is inherently dangerous. Fire can be used to light a candle to read by or to light a fire to cook with. But tip that candle or have a rogue spark fall on some dry tinder and you've got yourself a problem. Something that can be so good, even essential, has the power to destroy if it's not used properly. Now one of the biggest dangers of social media is how early children are being allowed on it. Most parents are far more likely to hand their child a phone than give them a pack of matches, and I would argue the phone is far more dangerous for that child long term than the matches. And I get it. It's easy parenting to put your children in front of technology, and sometimes it's even necessary for your own mental health. But just like fire, there are ways to do it safely, and technology use must be intentional and guarded. There are reports of apps like TikTok intentionally sending content to users that they believe will lower their happiness. I've heard it said that within around two hours of use, these apps learn enough about you to start targeting content to your phone. And while this seems like it might be a great idea, it's not only sending you content that it thinks you want to see, but it's sending you content that it thinks will target your insecurities. So imagine giving this phone to a 12 year old girl who's already insecure, only to have her fed a constant stream of videos of girls who are prettier, thinner, and more popular than she is. Now whether you're a child or not, Social media introduces you to an unrealistic view of the world, allowing for you to constantly be reminded how you don't measure up. You could scroll for hours finding people who are younger, smarter, richer, stronger, leaner, more beautiful than you. And we need to ask the question, what does this do to someone's mental health? If something as simple as correcting your posture has an impact on your hormones and mental health, couldn't hours of being reminded about how you aren't good enough and don't measure up do the same thing? Social media gives its participants a totally skewed view of reality. I could find thousands of pictures of people with chiseled abs from around the world, but I couldn't find one within a 30 minute drive of me. Those pictures, while they maybe are real, they aren't part of my reality. If abs aren't your thing, how about those moms who homeschool their six kids, they can their own produce on their homesteads, all while having hundreds of thousands of followers on their YouTube channel. And meanwhile, you're lucky if you can simply get out of your PJs before noon on most days. I would bet that if you went around your neighborhood, you would be far more normal than those women that you're viewing on social media. So like I said, technology has evolved far quicker than our brains and bodies have been able to adapt to it. 
Society has decided that all progress is good no matter what the cost. It's as if someone says it's good to drive faster. Now it might be good to drive faster, but you need to know the circumstances. Are they driving through a residential area? Are they on a major highway? To simply say that driving faster is good and always good is foolish and dangerous in the same way that saying progress is always good. Just because we can doesn't mean that we should. Before we progress our technology, we need to know the environment that that technology will be in and who will be using it. Now because our brain hasn't adapted at the rate that technology has evolved, something that we often overlook is that there's certain things that are programmed into our brain that get triggered when certain things happen. You see, your body is doing many things without you even noticing. As you're going about your day, your brain is getting signals from all of your extremities in your environment and it's making millions of quick calculations with the goal of keeping you alive. Now, without you even knowing it, your brain picks up on social and environmental signals and it makes adjustments to help protect you. If you've ever had an intuitive feeling that something wasn't quite right, it's likely because your brain reacted to something around you that your conscious brain missed and it's now trying to warn you of that danger. Now let's take those God-given instincts to social media. Historically, if you saw someone's eyes up close, it was either a sign of intimacy or that person was ready to fight you. So as you're scrolling through social media, how many faces of beautiful men and women can you see in mere seconds, sending that intimacy signal to your brain? While you might not consciously be having thoughts of intimacy, your brain doesn't differentiate between a person with you or a person on your phone. Being so close to a human face is sending those signals to your brain to decipher. And now this brings up the question, what are the short and long-term side effects of this? What are these stimulating situations doing to your hormones? What are they doing to your ability to relate to real people in real life? And while I haven't come across studies to confirm the results, real-world observations show that it's certainly not helping relationships. So when it comes to social media, my best advice is to take a hammer to it and get off it altogether. Instead of living in some distant metaverse, be present in your own community with your own tribe. Get to know your neighbors better than you know the strangers that you stalk online. Perhaps that's too drastic for you, or maybe your social media is your means to provide for yourself and for your family, and leaving isn't really an option at this point. My suggestion is to be careful who you follow. Something I try to do personally is to limit my follows to 25 people or less. I recognize that there really isn't anyone beyond that who's going to add genuine value to my life. If I see my number going up, I start to unfollow people until I get to my 25 again. Setting boundaries for your technology use is also a good idea. Leave your phone in a certain spot in the house and only use it there. Pick times throughout the day when you take intentional time away from your technology. Go for a walk without your phone because that's a thing that people used to do. Put restrictions on your devices and have someone else set passwords for you. When it comes to your technology and social media use, remember, while it's not inherently bad, it is inherently dangerous. And if you're going to use it, use it with caution.